Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are going to hear from Dr. Colander about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, welcome back. As usual, your shows are always very informative. Bring us up to date on what's new in your practice. Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. Um, I thought I'd share some stories about patients who go to, you know, the so-called, you know, regional area specialty uh, hospitals. Um, you know, people go to Cleveland Clinic. Mayo Clinic, thinking they're getting, you know, the best possible level of care. And I will say that if you have a problem, you know, you need a surgery, you have a heart problem, cancer, urology issue, those area, those hospitals are the best in the world. But even those hospitals do not really understand what prevention is and do not practice it. Well, I can imagine they wouldn't practice it. I suppose they're they're very well known at curing whatever ails you, but you have to be already diagnosed with something terrible enough to make you want to go to the Mayo Clinic or go to the Cleveland Clinic and leave town to be cured. That means somehow we're not doing it, not able to do it here. Well, if my patients do need, you know, some type of aneurysm repaired or um, valve surgery, then I send them to the Cleveland Clinic. Mm -hmm. You know, because we've talked about the problems at the local area hospitals, and I just won't use them anymore for those kind of surgeries. So I send them to Cleveland. Um, I even have a patient that we're working up right now who has, um, you know, a probably benign mass, but it's a very complicated mass, and I'm not using the local hospitals. So I'm sending them to Cleveland to have this kind of surgery where I know they've got their act together. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm just not... I, it's only a few hours away, and, you know, let's use them when we just don't know what's going on here anymore. Um, again, not, it's not that I don't trust the surgeons. Um, I just think that the hospitals aren't putting the surgeons in the best possible position to succeed. So that's... Well, that's yeah, it all comes together. It's not just the right. surgery itself. And it's not the technology or the surgery. It's the aftercare. It's the whole, the whole nine yards of the care while you're there. Right, and, and actually, we this came up in the live show last week where um, I was talking about the inability of Beaumont to provide 
adequate monoclonal antibody services to the community because they only had a few chairs. Um, you know, where they should be doing a thousand people a day, given how many people have COVID. If the goal is to keep you out of the hospital, that's the best current way to do it. And a caller called to defend Beaumont, um, mentioning that the services that she received were excellent and the care that from the people there were great. And again, I'm no knock on the people working there. You know, the nurses are phenomenal. Um, the staff is phenomenal. It's just that the system isn't prepared anymore to serve the community. So I'm having to find other means for people to, you know, get hospital-level services. Well, they should have certainly ramped up their act because if monoclonal antibody treatment is the way to go with COVID, and given the, you know, consistently high number of COVID cases, it would seem that that's the one area that they would start to add on, help, you know, more help and more availability to the public. I mean, five chairs isn't enough. No, not at all. So again, no knock on our local surgeons. They're great. I've got, I'm referring to them, you know, but when it comes to having a major operation that's complicated, um, I don't think the hospitals are in a position to support the surgeons and their staff anymore in this area. Now, when that changes, I'm happy to, you know, come back and bring people in. Um, but when it comes to prevention, even places like Mayo, and Cleveland just don't get it. And, you know, we'll share some of these stories of, you know, they seem like, I mean, they may not seem like that much, but in terms of this decision was made or that decision was made, but it, it reveals the lack of understanding of what it takes to keep people from having an event, of what's available for people to use to stop them from having a vascular-related event, stop them from having dementia, maybe even stop you from having cancer. And so it's all there, um, even with prescription drugs that can be used, and that's what we're talking about, people either starting or stopping. Um, and and, and this will be interesting for the listeners to hear because their doctors may be starting or stopping some of these drugs unnecessarily and putting people at risk they don't know that they're in. Well, I think if people are leaving town and going to Mayo and going to uh, the Cleveland Clinic, they're going there because something's been diagnosed as broken and that needs to be fixed, and they they feel as though they're going to get a higher quality of medical intervention there, medical care. Well, some people just go there for an annual physical, so they'll see me for their annual physical because they want the local person, but then they want the expert, and they go to Cleveland or Mayo for their Cleveland or Mayo physical, and and they do not recognize, you know, what, what is considered the, the kitchen sink approach um, that's required to keep people healthy. And, you know, the cross, uh, you know, the need to intertwine all the specialties in one location, meaning my office, that, it need, that we need to do to make sure people stay healthy. Well, that's interesting. Just goes to show you that uh, if you're looking for a diagnosis and you're looking for preventative care, you don't need to leave town. Let's come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we are encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. And once again, I'm going to remind listeners of in the Sunday show to tune in Thursdays at 7 o'clock when Dr. Colander is live, 7 p.m., and you can call in and talk to him directly. Dr. Colander, let's come back and talk about, you're talking about your experience with patients going out of town to Mayo to Cleveland Clinic for physicals and for diagnostic work, what else can you tell us that we need to know? Well, I want to tell a story about how a patient who, again, sees me and also goes to Mayo Clinic for their annual physical. They like to just have the, the Mayo experience. And whether it's through an executive program or on their own, you know, there's people that want to do that. So my patient goes, and um, she's a diabetic, um, has some plaque, you know, but it's subclinical to them. And, but to me, I'm managing it aggressively. And if you're a regular listener, you will recognize that being diabetic means that you've had insulin resistance or have insulin resistance, which is the driver of disease, the, the driver of inflammation that leads to diabetes and Parkinson's and heart disease and dementia, um, it just happens to cause diabetes in some people and dementia in others. It doesn't have to lead to diabetes to cause other chronic illnesses. So, you know, being in my practice and knowing what she's got to do, she's done very well. And her hemoglobin A1C, which is a standard blood test used to manage the, the progress of a diabetic. So her hemoglobin A1C is normal meaning, you know, an, an abnormal A1C is maybe in the, in the 6.5 or higher. You know, I, I shoot for normalcy, you know, under 6. And sometimes A1C doesn't matter to me. If someone's arteries are happy, then I'm not that concerned about the A1C. Um, you know, what I mean happy is we've shrunk their intima media lining, which is a objective measurement of artery health, and we've also lowered all of the artery markers that identify artery inflammation or disease activity. So that's the position this woman is in, and she has an excellent hemoglobin A1C. She's on a medicine that manages insulin resistance, reduces risk for heart disease, and in some other studies improves risk of dementia. It's not indicated for those for the dementia, but there's some studies suggesting that this kind of drug, which is available by prescription, you know, it can do those things. The Mayo Clinic endocrinologist stops the drug. That you prescribed? Yes. Well, they're the Mayo Clinic endocrinologist, and the patient is, you know, has diabetes, has insulin resistance. And they're on a drug that lowers insulin resistance and has outcome benefit, meaning if you take this drug, your risk of having a heart attack goes down. Being diabetic 
Having insulin resistance means you have a higher risk, regardless of your A1C. Well, I've got a question here before you go on to yeah, the next go ahead. Uh, you know, aspect of your story. What, what shocked me when you just said this is I'm, I'm wondering why does a doctor at the Mayo Clinic, seeing that a patient's on a certain type of medication, not pick up the phone and call the doctor that prescribed it and say, you know, you're the, you're the person's personal physician. Why did you describe this medication? I'm thinking about going in a different direction. I think we ought to talk about it. And this is exactly what I talk about when I ask you about the compartmentalization of medicine. And this is a classic example where one doctor at the Mayo Clinic can just simply scrub everything and say, no, you're going to go to this. And then that patient's left out to see, not understanding, who am I supposed to listen to? Agreed. I mean, it's that's, actually rubbish, if you want to know. In plain English terms, it's rubbish. And that's the real problem, is because just because they're at the Mayo Clinic, you know, and this carries a lot of weight and clout in the impression of the patient. And they made the wrong decision. So now... I have to re-educate the patient of why we're doing what we're doing and that this drug needs to be on. And the worst thing is, is because the drug was stopped, she may not qualify for the drug anymore, but if you kept it on, it would continue. Okay, you see, that's another reason. That's total disregard for the care that she's already in and the town that she already lives in with the doctor that she's been going to, you are the primary care physician. This other doctor, whoever he or she is, is an outsider that's coming in to do a physical, upsetting the apple cart and not thinking of what the consequences are. And obviously, I, I need not ask, but I'm assuming the doctor didn't call you for your input. Or, well, again, it's rubbish. So let me be clear, rubbish. Well, and to add, just to take home the point you're making is this doctor does not understand the concepts of prevention because if this doctor, an endocrinologist... He doesn't understand the concept of courtesy. How about that? That too. That but, but too. The, not only professional courtesy, but what's in the patient's best interest because if you're going to stop something that your doctor just gave you, I would want to know why and I would want to certainly not be put in a in a position where she may not get back on the medication again. But again, that's why we're talking about this today, is that even at Mayo Clinic, they don't understand the goal and the opportunity to prescribe a drug that has those outcomes. One of the problems with our healthcare system is that you, the people, you all listeners, do not have access to great drugs because you don't have the disease for which the drug is indicated, but you have the condition that leads to the disease. So having insulin resistance is the condition that leads to diabetes, but if you're not diabetic, you can't get these drugs. Well, technically, she's not diabetic anymore because she's on the drug. Now that the specialist at Mayo removed the drug, we've got to wait for her to decline to get her back on a, a drug of that quality. Now, in my practice, I use other drugs that are you know, generic, um, that have similar indications, but I'll admit these branded drugs are better. So the fact that she's off of it now won't qualify to get back on it until her condition deteriorates to the point that she can get qualified for it again. Wait, who qualifies it, by the way? When you say get qualified, is that the insurance company? Yes. You have to have a certain level Gosh. of disease to get a drug that saves your life. 
It's kind of a joke. No, it is I mean, a joke. it really I mean, is a joke. You have to be sick. You know, you have to be chronically ill to get a drug to prevent you from having a chronic illness. It's unbelievable. It's actually maudlin, the story. It's becoming absolutely maudlin. And so, I mean, feel sorry for the patient. What is the, I mean, here's a patient that's going to the Mayo Clinic thinking they're going to the best of the best, already got a great prevention doctor. And now the patient is falling into this chasm of just being lost like all of the rest of them. I mean, I've lost patients over this, you know, who've gone to Mayo and they come back and I've got to tell them that the Mayo doctors don't know what they're talking about because they're not paying attention to prevention. And I don't care that the Mayo Clinic, they're not, they're in a rule, they're playing with rules that don't allow you to stop a disease from happening. They're playing with rules where you do not treat anything until you have killed an organ. Mm -hmm. Even if it's Mayo Clinic, they're playing by the same rules that happen here. Right. And so they're they're failing at prevention. So now we've got to start over, re-educate this lady, find generic and alternative ways to manage her insulin resistance and work around uh, a problem that was started by the Mayo Clinic. So here she was possibly thinking that she's moving forward in her treatment and she's actually taking 10 steps back, unfortunately. Let's come back and talk some more to Dr. Collender on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Collender directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. And once again, please tune in to Dr. Colander's live show Thursday at 7 p.m. following Mitch Album, where he is available to talk to directly. Dr. Colander, you've told us a story about a patient that went to Mayo Clinic and actually started pedaling backwards in her trajectory of care. Uh, do you have any other examples of where this happens and it's wrong? Yeah, so again, we, we talked about Cleveland Clinic where I do send patients from you know, my practice who need surgeries because um, I feel comfortable sending people there if they need it. Um, but they also do not practice prevention. So I've got a patient I've had for you know, maybe five years and you know, we've been through a lot together. Um, on paper, he does not look good. And what that means is he's had high blood pressure. He has horrible lipids. He's had some, you know, mild insulin resistance and, um, a lot of, you know, chronic musculoskeletal problems, which interfere with his ability to live the best lifestyle he can. And so 
what we discovered in this person, even though his lipids are terrible, you know, LDLs, which is your bad cholesterol of, you know, 180, 190, high triglycerides, low HDL. So a pattern of dyslipidemia. And, you know, the, the knee-jerk reaction in the traditional system is to put you on a cholesterol medicine. Um, but we went through our due diligence. And what I mean by due diligence is disease identification, screening for plaque. He has a zero coronary artery calcium score and a totally normal carotid intima media thickness. So again, regular listeners are going to know that a CIMT ultrasound looks at the layers of the artery wall, measuring specifically for the layer where disease activity occurs. And getting this test and not having someone who understands how to interpret and do something with it is a waste of time. Just like getting a calcium score and giving it to your doctor, they don't know what to do with the information. So this person went to his annual company-sponsored Cleveland Clinic physical, and they promptly put him on a statin. And again, as you know, regular listeners will recognize that if you do not have plaque, we don't use a statin. And the flip side is, if you have plaque, I generally think you should be on a statin. Again, it's not for everybody. I don't put every single patient on a statin. But if you have plaque, you should be on one. That's the determining factor. Your cholesterol number has no variance, no bearing, no say in whether you go on a statin or not. It's if you have plaque. That's the disease you're using a statin to prevent. If you don't have the disease, it doesn't matter what your cholesterol is. Don't take it. Okay, I have to butt in here oh, before please. we go on with the story. Again, I'm shocked. The last segment we talked about a similar situation at Mayo Clinic. Now you've got another patient that goes to the Cleveland Clinic for their annual paid-for-by-their-company physical, but they're just going for a physical, and I'm still not understanding why a doctor at Cleveland Clinic can decide to put a patient of yours that, that you're the primary care physician. You're the person that's, they live here, they see you, you follow up their care. They're in your practice. And, and this doctor can just simply start writing a prescription to treat a disease that without picking up the phone and calling you and letting you know. And then that's confusing to the patient. Where is the patient? This confusion to me, I'd be very confused. And I, and I just think I feel sorry for these patients. And then they're going to come back to you and you're going to say, no, that's wrong. Right. No, but that's my point. And, well, you've said it all along. We need the National Health Service. Um, I think oh, patients yes. are, are confused that they think that every doctor has access to every other doctor's electronic health records, which is not true. Right. A lot of times, patients that will go get a physical at Mayo or Cleveland or other, you know, there's companies that provide executive physicals right. just as much garbage. Mm -hmm. and those results don't go to the primary. They go to the patient, and there's no follow-up. There's no follow-up, but the patient doesn't understand why they've been moved from one, you know, train track onto another one. They don't understand why. Why did my doctor not give me a stat, my regular doctor? Why is this? Imagine how confusing this is. It's actually dangerous. It's not. It's dangerous, but it's also confusing. Because 
the patient thinks they're getting an executive physical. You well, know, it's oh, interfering with your care. But there's no follow-up at an right, executive exactly, physical. Exactly. So abnormal findings are ignored and there's no follow-up plan. So I've known of people who died who go to executive physicals because Dear. an abnormal finding was not followed up. I mean, it's the patient's responsibility a little bit also. But because this is a one-and-done visit, the, uh, the doctor performing this executive physical doesn't feel obliged to do anything but fill out their note and say, see you later, because that's what they got paid for. They don't get paid to call you in a week or two weeks and go, hey, did you get this checked How are you out? Doing? Right, exactly. Right. You know, I didn't see that you saw the specialist. Why don't you call me? You know, let's get it done. So the kind of follow-up that I do, and I'm certain none of you get because I know that the doctor, they sent you he, here when you have your five-minute physical, the doctor sends you a physical to a specialist because they don't have time to talk to you. It's right. a lot easier to write a referral to every specialist under the sun, and then nobody coordinates all that stuff, mm -hmm. and nobody talks to anybody, and and then a specialist refers to another specialist. Right. Um, and and then no one has any of those records because the referring doctor wasn't the primary care doctor. It's a mess. It's a total mess, and it's even a mess when you go to Cleveland Clinic for your executive physical because they do not understand prevention. And they're and not practicing it. And the no. doctor that you're seeing there that's doing the physical is not a specialist in prevention. Even at Cleveland, the number one cardiology hospital in the country doesn't practice pre preventive cardiology the way it should be done. There's a, there's a division called preventive cardiology. It's BS. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's to them, preventive cardiology is, well, we did a stent. You know, never mind everyone well, who died. Well, that's reparative. Yeah. <laughs> That's not really preventative. That's just, you know, repairing the the already broken part of your body that needs to be repaired by by doing a stent. So that's it's 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 scary to know that there's nowhere any of you can go, you know, to one of the glorified, you know, ivory towers of medicine and feel that you're okay. But you don't know you're okay because you went to Cleveland, you went to Mayo, and that should have been the answer. And it's far from the answer. Now, if you have a problem, something's broken, you have a tumor, you have a disease nobody can find out, go. Uh -huh. that's, that's what they're good at. There's a problem, no one can figure it out. They're great at figuring it out. They're great at operating. They, that's what they do. Um, they are innovating stents and they're innovating surgeries. That's where you go to Cleveland for those things but not for a healthy visit. Well, certainly, I mean, obviously you would go to a place like that in order to get fixed if something's broken, but I'm still mystified by a doctor there who's going to write a prescription to a patient that he or she, the doctor, is not going to be following up with because then they're going to come back here, go into your practice, or go back to their, their own physician, and that, that could, could be a mess. They think they're the greatest. Unfortunately. In the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. 
You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR.